You're listening to Christmas on 7 Sport. Hello and welcome along to a very special In the Spotlight with Ryan Butler this Christmas here on 7 Sport. And I'm delighted to say that episode one is Jasbeer Singh, uh, former Gloucester City goalkeeper. Jasbeer, how are you? Hello, mate. How are you? I'm okay, thank you. I'm okay. Glad to be part of the show and uh, yeah, look forward to it. Perfect. So, uh, just sort of briefed you before before we started recording. Obviously, the inner spotlight interview. We're looking at at your career in football. So, you know, straight away from from an early age, you know, was playing football and particularly being a goalkeeper something you always wanted to do. Um, not particularly being a goalkeeper, but football definitely. Um, I just remember early early memories of like Euro '96 and. And stuff like that it was probably my first like tournament watched on telev- telev- television. Sorry, um, and then obviously, I think the Premiership was like gaining momentum with regard to TV and stuff like that. Early nineties, so yeah, like um, that was a massive thing for me. Um, goalkeeper wise, not really. <laughs> I wouldn't lie. I always wanted to be an outfield player, as all goalkeepers wanted to be. Probably more position. Uh, what position were you like? That's you know, I um, want to do that. Uh, I, yeah, um, my early days I used to play centre mid, but then I realised I wasn't fit enough, um, and then I started veering towards left back, which I still think I could do a job now at left back. To be honest, <laughs> wow! You might mean to be fair. Your, your kicking is is you know definitely uh, definitely up there. Your, your distribution was was always one of the better goalkeepers I saw at Gloucester City. Oh, anyway, I'll take so. that. I'll take that. I'll take that all day. <laughs> You'd have got a little bit of stick, I think. I remember a few times there was a. Uh, a couple of games where you know you were kicking out for throw-ins, but we won't we won't throw you under the bus like uh, that straight away. No, exactly. That's the main thing. Um, and obviously, you know, growing up as a as a youngster, you know, what was the the opportunities like in the in the local area to you know play football and and you know try and you know climb the ladder as it were. Yeah, it's a bit of a strange one, really, because I've listened to a few podcasts, really, and. Um... They say the same thing with regards to back then. It wasn't really academy football. No. It was, I was going to say back then. It's not too long ago, but <laughs> back back then it was more of like your uh, counties where you'd get scouted and stuff like that. And I don't think there is much county football anymore. So I was playing for West Midlands County, um, and you, I got scouted by Wolves. Uh, went on trial there for six weeks. Um, was deemed not good enough, which is obviously what it is. Um, and the same goalkeeping coach took me to Shrewsbury Town. Um, so yeah, and that's that was my first like that was a 16. So that was my first real experience of actually any kind of like structured football. Where the rest of the time it was just Sunday league, really. Um, and you know, as a, a child up until the age of 16, were there any other sports that you played, or, or was it solely football for you? It was just solely football. I wish I took golf up a lot earlier, but yeah, I, it was just solely football. I just just loved it. It just it was just everything. It, it was all part of my life, you know. Every day I was wearing a football shirt. Um, obviously, kids were more active. You know, there was less playstations and stuff like that about. Um, so we, we you know, you'd finish school and you'd go straight outside and play football. Because obviously, um, you so, mentioned yeah. you mentioned the the, the county football was sort of the main. Or, or the first real structured football you, you played in. So, yeah. you know, what was it beforehand? Was it literally just playing with your mates or did you play for the school? It, what was, just, the... it was just Sunday league in school, really. I was playing for my... So in school, I was playing two years above with my brother's team. 
um, that were a really good team, had like players that were going to uh, Birmingham City and Aston Villa, uh, and then like just just got picked up by the county. And you know, every time I went to a county game, I I felt like it was the World Cup final because I've never been part of a structured game before. You know, we had kits, we had everything out and stuff like that. It was a bit strange, really. And was there, you know, obviously with the the excitement there's obviously going to be, was there any reservations, obviously making the, the step to, you know, play for for county football, as you said, the first real structured football of your career, essentially? Yeah, yeah, you're going to be nervous. It's like anything, especially at that age where you're going into a group of lads that have probably done it week in, week out, or, you know, and I was just doing it the first time. You know, the furthest I've ever travelled was to a park across across the road. So when... I've got to take this sounds ridiculous thirty minute drive to somewhere and play football. It seems like I've travelled miles. <laughs> and, and and what can you remember of the the games for the for the county? You know, were they played anywhere fancy or you know anywhere um, in particular? You know what? Before it sounds quite idiotic, really, but before obviously my any knowledge of non league football, it was a lot of non league grounds and. You kind of take it for granted, really, because obviously this day and age, non-league is so big and so many good grounds about. You, you probably turn up at, at them grounds at that age thinking, wow, well, this is not a nice place to go, do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, you only just see the big stadiums on the TV and stuff like that, really. Because obviously you're a, a Liverpool fan. Um, yeah. You, know, you talk about uh, Euro 96 being one of your, your first memories. Who were your, your footballing idols growing up? Um, well, like players wise, yeah, anyone. Michael, Michael Owen, outfield players wise, I used to, you know, obviously he was a a massive, massive like player for Liverpool and then England as well. Um, you know, that that the year of '96 team, it's probably you look at players like Gascoigne and Shearer that that era. Um, obviously, I had David Seaman who was in goal, but at that age, I wasn't really wanting to be anything to do with goalkeepers, so. Um, but then, like when I probably discovered that I was half decent in goal, I started looking at some of the foreign lads. Um, Casillas, I remember, made his Champions League debut or like in the final, I think at age sixteen, seventeen, or something like that. Mm-hmm. When Sedan scored that volley, um, and that was just a bit of a, like a wow, like how's he doing that at that age? And I'm just playing county. <laughs> what was the, you know, was there a, an almost light bulb moment? Was there a eureka moment that, you know, you suddenly realised you could be a goalkeeper? Was it like the movies where, you know, suddenly someone's taken a kick at something to try and hit someone and you've heroically dived in front of it and thought, actually, I could do this for a living? Um, I don't, you know, I, I think, to be an actual goalkeeper it was a bit of a case of like I remember being in school and we used to do this tournament at the end of like the summer year um, and basically it was whatever year you were in if you were playing against the year above you would have a gold gold advantage mm-hmm. um, so we were the youngest uh, year group at the, the tournament and basically I went in goal and just kept four clean sheets and we, we won the tournament because no one could score past me and so we were winning one nil essentially, and then two nil, and then three nil, uh, and we would spit in all the teams. So it was a bit weird, really. And then I think the PE teacher said, "You know, you you should get some coaching and have a good go at it, really." Because that must have been incredible for you know, considering you're in the youngest year, you know, you're turning yeah. up and you you're putting in clean sheet performances and you know, winning tournaments for for your year group. You know, you must yeah. have felt like you know the bee's knees. Oh 
Oh yeah, yeah. But then at the same time, I wanted to be scoring the goal, so it was a bit, it was a bit of a strange feeling, really. <laughs> um, so yeah, it, it was weird. But yeah, obviously, I could, he was so young that he, he kind of just enjoyed it for the moment instead of actually thinking about it. So in terms of you know transitioning into to being a goalkeeper, how did you you go about it? Obviously, with the the county stuff being your first structured game, did you you know have to seek elsewhere or you know obviously nowadays just, you get one to one coaching, don't you? Yeah, 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 hundred percent. It was just a case of my um, uh, someone in my school said you should come play for us on a Sunday league. Um, they knew the goalie. It was the year above my age group, and I just played for them year out, year in for about. I think it must have played about four years of just playing for them and it was it was local to me. Um, I enjoyed it. Just just enjoyed just the the goalkeeping coach was one of the other guys' dads. He he wasn't a coach, he just served the ball to me. Um and he just helped me with little things really and you know, looking back now he probably told me absolute, you know, rubbish but it, it seemed to work for me, do you know what I mean? Can you remember um, anything in particular that you know he said, or you learned at an early age that stuck with you? He told me just to keep the ball out of the net. To be honest, <laughs> just as long as it's nowhere near your goal, as long as it's not in the box and anywhere near your goal, they can't score. Yeah, That's the most important yeah, well, thing. Back, like back in the day, it used to be you used to have the padded shorts and the padded elbows. So I remember complaining, saying, "You know, I can't move. My my my, my bum looks massive. I can't move. My uh, every time I try and." get off the floor the elbows are dragging me down and looking back now I couldn't, I couldn't believe I used to wear some of the stuff I do remember that because I used to to want to be a goalkeeper myself so I had a, yeah. a, a yellow red and goldy shirt a big yellow thing and it had padded uh, forearms and I never yeah. really knew at the time that that's what keepers had and yeah. I just found it so strange and I, I was almost tempted to to do the what the, the keepers ended up doing and that was the cut off so you yeah, cut into a yeah, short sleeve. Yeah. I was like, I can't deal with this. But even the gloves back then were yeah. were completely different. Can you remember yeah. your first set of gloves? Yeah, yeah. It's probably I probably had some finger save ones because, or I think it, it might have been uh, Oliver Kahn in a pair of finger saves. Uh, I remember my mum buying them for me, and obviously they're not, you know, with inflation, they're not what they cost <laughs> now. But still, they're you know they're they're ridiculous the size of them and. And the, the actual things in, in your fingers to keep them safe it's crazy really <laughs> and, and and obviously from playing Sunday League and, and, and County how did being discovered by Shrewsbury Town come about you know were you aware that they were looking at you did you go to a trial what, what sort of happened there yeah, it, it was just a case of um, playing for the County um, Wolves uh, come and watch us I was still in contact with the guy who scouted me for Wolves I still have him on social media, and every now and then he messaged me, which is quite nice. He um, he sent me to trial at Wolves, and that was like that was crazy. It was just it was just an unbelievable experience for six weeks. And um, we had a goalkeeping coach called Dave Timmins, who um, in I'd say in the West Midlands area is regarded quite highly, mm-hmm. but he was a reality check. He he was strong. He was like firm. Anything you did wrong, he was on you. If you dropped the ball, it was like the worst thing in the world. And I remember one of the weeks I didn't want to go. I was just, I just couldn't be. I was had enough of it, really. Um, but then, you know, I kept persisting with it, and they just said to me, "I'm not, not quite where I should be if I wanted to be at Wolves." So, did you get that um, feeling that 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 sort of conversation was coming? 
No, not really. I, 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 I didn't know what... I, like, I was training with only the goalkeepers at certain ages. Obviously, they were better than me because I had more coaching, but I, I, I felt I was always not a million miles off it just it's just because of the fact that they had coaching and they were used to how he worked um obviously I, I had no idea what a coach was and how coaching was I was not fit I was just you know it was just like a different world to me um but then he recommended me going to Shrewsbury Town which he actually was the first team um coach for he was obviously mm-hmm. coaching Joe Hart and um he said you know we're looking for a goalkeeper in the academy um, in the scholarship programme so I come and have a trial there um, and I did alright and, and to be honest I was surprised in, in, in what, I, what I brought to the table because I obviously worked with him for a bit then yeah. I kind of understood how, how it works and and what, what he expected so they, they said to me on, on my last day they weren't going to offer me anything uh, and the only reason they offered me something is because the goalkeeper they offered something to turned them down and signed for Stoke. So oh, right. I was the second choice of the the trialist, basically. And, and did you have any reservations about, you know, even accepting that, knowing you were second choice? No, no, no. I just accepted it straight away. It was just an opportunity. Um, I was just, you know, buzzing the fact that I could sign somewhere, really, and, like, be a part of a, a scholarship programme and an academy. I was, obviously, I was young. They asked me, like, we stayed in Diggs, we stayed in Shrewsbury. So we were on like um, a college campus, which was, was brilliant. I loved it there. Did so you have much in the way of expectation? Obviously, joining Shrewsbury is someone who maybe hasn't had the the level of coaching or experience of coaching that so many others have. Yeah, well, I actually signed as a number two. So number one was uh, uh, they had massive expectations for the number one that he was going to be the next Joe out there. Um, but like, as the more sessions we did together the more I realised that I'm actually, you know, quite confident that I'm actually better than him and I, get, I bring more to the table. Um, so it was just a case of buying my time and having a good pre-season and, and just sticking in it, really. Um, and then I remember the manager, he was brilliant with me, the manager. I loved my time with him there. And Nigel Bourne, his name was. And um, he just said, you know, You've been brilliant. I'm going to start you the first. I think it it must have been the second or third game of the season. Wow. I think he put me in. Uh, and then I obviously um, dislodged him. It, on the second year, I was made the captain of the youth team. Um, and he was my number two for all that, all that time. Do you know if he's still playing at all? Yeah, he's playing in the Welsh Leagues, I think. Um, I'm pretty sure he's still playing at the Welsh Leagues. He might be playing for Newtown, actually. So that's it. That's incredible to think that within a, a season, essentially, you you sign as a number two goalkeeper, but then yeah. you're suddenly captain of the side. You know, yeah, yeah. considering you know realistically, even you look at some of the players nowadays, you've got into structured football very late at sixteen yeah, years yeah. old. Really, yeah. to I mean, what sort of age were you have been at that time? What eighteen? Uh, so I was at Shrewsbury when I turned sixteen two-year scholarship and then signed professional there as well when I turned 18 so yeah and then the day you you signed professional with with Shrewsbury um you know you hear stories about players across the country that 
you know look like they're going to get the the professional deals and, and ultimately they don't come were you always confident that you were going to get one did they you know, what was the communication like it, back then it was, it was quite strange because the first year the manager was the first team manager was gary peters which you know he didn't really have nothing to do with the youth team it was all about the first team but the second year the the, the club moved into a new ground which is their ground now mm-hmm. um and they, they like remodeled the whole structure of the club basically and they got a manager in paul simpson um and he took a keen eye on the youth team and we, we were trained with them most days, really. Especially as goalies, we were training with the goalies most days. Um, so he saw a lot of me. Um, and then uh, as the season was going on, more and more lads got released. And I think there was down to about three of us. Um, and we were training day in, day out with the first team. And he just, you know, he just said, oh, we'll have our meeting. Um, I think it was about a month before the end of the season. Uh, the first team were doing quite well at the time. I think they were just outside of the playoffs. Uh, and he just said to me, he said, bear in mind, we, us and Boston, I think at the time, were the only two league clubs that didn't pay all their yeah. youth team players. So essentially, I had no money. I was not getting paid for the two years of scholarship. I was just there doing it for free. Um, we had a, a canteen card, but that was it. <laughs> so, you know, um, I signed pro and they offered me. I think the first deal they offered me was like £150 a week. Um, and I was just like, yeah, where's the pen? I'll sign it. Did you remember the day you signed it? You know, what was what yeah, was that yeah. like? Was I, it... just, I was just, uh, I was, obviously I tried to play it cool, but I was so close to like grabbing Paul Simpson, just hugging him. And I was just like, it was weird because I was on my own. I, I wish I'd done it like with my mum and dad. But obviously when you moved in digs and they asked for a meeting with you, you just take it, didn't you? Um, it wasn't a case of I knew that I was going to sign. It was just a case of uh, he wanted the meeting and I just signed it there and then probably didn't even look at the, the contract really. Can you remember telling your family that you know you had been offered a, a deal or you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just it, like I said, obviously we weren't getting paid for the first t- two years of the scholarship. And I remember calling mum. It was my mum mostly I spoke to about it, and I just said like, they offered me a first team contract and. Obviously, it's this and that, and I've signed it. I was just like absolutely ecstatic down the phone. I thought, bloody hell, this is you know, all this hard work and it's, it's starting to pay off. Because obviously, you're saying there, you, you know, it's just you, and you think think about sort of nowadays, you see players that are coming through have agents, you know, playing yeah. at step four, step five, even, yeah. um, you know, have agents and, and people negotiating it for them or, or family members or what have you. So for you to, you know, be there doing it yourself, you know, in terms of, again, expectation, you've signed a, a professional deal with, with Shrewsbury. What, at that point, was your, because obviously your target would have been getting the first team, trying to establish yourself as a, a football league player. But, you know, what was it like in the early days? Did you have to almost calm down and, and reanalyse the situation or was there expectations from the beginning? Yeah, like first day of pre-season when I come back, I had a really good pre. Like I made it my point, I'd like get fit and and try and have a good go. Obviously, it you know it comes with age with with stuff like that with regards to looking after yourself. You know, I just used to run when natural fact I didn't need to run. I needed to get stronger. I needed to make my goalkeeping fitness stronger. But but then you just thought I need to look as trim as possible. So. You, you would like look good for the manager, but it's not a case of that. You need to be different. You need to be strong. 
like saying need to grow power in my legs and stuff like that, which that is, that's probably my only regret, but I think that's probably just something that comes with age. Mm. Um, but yeah, just like for early days of pre-season, they signed a lot of experienced players. Um, I remember Grant Holt signing for us in the off-season. Um, there's Mike Jackson, who's a defender who's in the league, uh, had a great career. And then goalkeeper-wise, they had like Glyn Garner, who's very, very, very experienced at that level. Um, uh, they had Scott Shearer, again, very experienced. Mm-hmm. Because he, he did the rounds, didn't he? He was at like Coventry and, and yeah, teams like yeah. that, wasn't he? So. Yeah, yeah. And then we brought in Luke Daniels, who was on loan from West Brom. Again, he was just, he was a young keeper, but obviously come with a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, like, you know, uh, highly regarded mm-hmm. from West Brom, which you could tell he was, and he's still playing now. I think he's in the championship now, playing for someone. Um, so he's obviously a, a good goalkeeper. Um, but he was very similar age to me, so it was just like, you know, they bring in, we had a lot of goalkeepers in that year. We had Matt Jilks as well, who was at Blackpool. So it, it was a strange one, really. Um, I just wanted to get out on loan. I, wasn't, I knew I was never going to play for the first team. Mm. Um, straight away, I just needed to get out on loan and play games. Back then, we had we, there was a reserve league where yeah. it was, it was it, you know, you'd play in stadiums against first team players. It's not like the under-21s and stuff like that. Um, I remember we played at Hillsborough against Sheffield Wednesday, and they like their, their reserves were ridiculous. They absolutely battered us. I was only on the bench, but I was just watching it, thinking I need to start playing men's football. Because even more so back, sort of in sort of late nineties and and even the early two thousands. So you know before it switched to an under twenty threes league and all of that. Yeah. You know you did used to get some really big players playing for that reserve yeah. team. I remember yeah. when I was uh, used to watch Reading um, reserves back at Madeira um, Stadium. You used to get all sorts turning up, and you know anyone who was anyone could have played ten, fifteen minutes on their you know recovery from injury. Now it's yeah, sort of yeah. mainly behind closed doors stuff, so you tend to, yeah. to to not see it. But obviously, you say there that you wanted to get out on loan. Um, eventually, you would leave. Uh, Shrewsbury what was the the point where you thought uh, you know my time's up or was it just a case of not renewing a contract how did that happen so I had a couple of loan moves in the season I remember playing at um, Bromsgrove uh, sorry I played for Sutton Coldfield when I loaned to Sutton Coldfield um, and then I fractured my cheekbone in my second game so that was like absolute guttering I couldn't do anything for two or three months um, so in that time um, they brought in some more keepers. So I was a bit like I was just I was injured. Well, I wasn't injured, but I could do everything physically. I just couldn't couldn't train because they were scared of me kicking hitting the ball in my face and stuff like that. So it was a bit frustrating on that side of things. And then I got back fit again, training. I was training really well, felt sharp. And then I went alone to Hinkley, I think, at the time. Mm-hmm. Got some good minutes there. Um, like was enjoying it. Um, and then just towards the end of the season it was just a case of you know trying with the first team and obviously just see the manager see you every day and, and hopefully I'll get a new deal there was me and another lad who was he was a young lad as well um, and you know I was kept telling the experienced lads were like you've been brilliant like I don't see why he wouldn't offer you something um, I, was, I was quite confident to be honest when I went into the meeting with him yeah. and um, he just said that he, he just restructured the whole goalkeeping 
uh, department, we've had too many goalkeepers. They've had, I think they had seven the whole, whole of that year. Um, we lost in the player final, funny enough, at Wembley. Um, and I think Luke Daniels playing that game, actually. Um, but yeah, he just he, he just said he'd be restructuring the whole goalkeeper situation. We're starting from, from scratch. Um, we want to bring new coach in. Obviously, new new system and stuff like that. So it was just a case of they just got rid of everyone, really, the goalkeepers wise. And how did you, you know, deal with that? You know, I mean, how old would you have been at that time? Uh, I was eighteen, nineteen. I was devastated. I honestly, I thought it was the worst day ever because I was living there. I was living mm. in Shrewsbury. Um, so, like, basically, just from living in Shrewsbury, I got released, got all my stuff out of the house, and drove home. And that was it. <laughs> it's mad, really. <laughs> and was it? A, did you then have a transitional period out of football, or were you, you know, straight away head on? I want to get back playing anywhere. Yeah, and... not like it, it was a strange, obviously, because you know it's not like now where, you know, I could put a tweet out today saying I'm leaving Tamworth, and I'm pretty sure I'd get a few managers message me quite quickly, and you, you could use basically advertising yourself now. Yeah. Um, when then I think there was only really Facebook about around um, and obviously me not playing many games not many teams would have heard of me um, uh, so I had the opportunity to go to uh, at the time the academy goalkeeping coach was Andy Mullen his name was uh, and he said he'd done a bit of killing his areas and he just said you know they're kiddie looking for a number two they're full time come in and, and see what, what you think so I went on trial there for a couple of weeks and, and they signed me as a number two. And was it, you know, did you almost look at that as a, a step down or a step yeah, back? Yeah, well, obviously I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't know what non-league football was apart from my experience with Hinkley um, and Sutton, really, and, and, the, and they were great experiences. You know, the pitches were shit. Uh, obviously I fractured my cheekbone and won the nights as well, so it was just a bit daunting, really. And then how long were you actually at Kidderminster for the first time round? So I had, I had two spells. So obviously the first time Mark Yates was in charge um, and I was number two. And again, I didn't really expect to play much, but um, the number one was, was highly rated, Dean Coleman. Um, mm. And uh, I think like the t- the, we did have a great year the first year because we, the expectations were very high, um, but they, they didn't have a great year. So, you know, chopping and changing. And then I think somehow... I think Mark Yates got a move somewhere and uh, Steve Burr come in. And I think it was towards the back end of the last the, the end of the season, he was just like, oh, I need to have a look at all of you. So, you know, I'm going to have a look at all of you. I played like five of the last 10 games, I think. Um, I did all right, to be fair. <laughs> yeah, I did all right. Played all right, I felt. Um, it was just just a buzz that I never had before where you just played in men's football with a crowd. You know, Kitty anyway, still have good crowds now. Exactly, and good crowds exactly. And so... It was nice. It was a good feeling. Because then ultimately, after Kidderminster, you went to Solihull. Was that? Did you go straight to Solihull? Was there anyone in between? Yeah, that? yeah, yeah. So um, obviously, lucky enough, the, the, the games probably done me wonders. The fact that I played games uh, towards the end of the season, and the manager uh, rang me, Bob Faulkner. Um, he's passed away now, and he he passed away when we, we, my first year, which is crazy, mm. really. Um, Mickey Moore, who's I think he might be technical director um, Mans. Oh no, sorry, he's at he's at a club now. I don't know what club it is. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. But he's got a good job now in in, in England, and um, he was assistant manager, and he, he just said, you know, 
it's amazing. It was Conference North, and I say to the young goalkeepers now, you know, non-league's not what it was. You know, that no no way would a Conference North team take a an 18, 19-year-old to go play number one for you. Um, it's just it's just amazing how quickly it's changed. Um, so yeah, just they offered me the deal. Obviously, it was part time, which I'd never done before. Which like I didn't have a job at the time. I was just literally waiting for training every day, every other day. Sorry, Tuesday, Thursday. Um, so you're just a bit like, well, waiting for training, and you see these older boys like turn up after work. You're thinking, why, why are you moaning for? You know, this is football. This is class. This is what we're waiting for all day. Um, so I signed straight away. I loved it. I had a great, great time there. Um, how long were you at Solihull Hall for? I was four years. I was there um, because the old the, the Bosman rule just just started coming in there. Um, so I signed the contract when I was twenty. Yeah, I must have been twenty, and I was there four years. Um, and I couldn't. Well, the club would have to offer me or match my contract for them to trigger the Bosman rule. So. I was pretty much not there for a full year because no one's really, unless I was an outstanding young talent, I don't think anyone would have paid money for me. And how much did you enjoy your time at, at Solly Hall, really? Was it, you know, a good four years or was it, a, a you know, almost waiting for the four years to be up and then you could move? No, no, I, I loved it. I've met so many great people. I've met a lot of friends for life. We've got for speed, still got friends with me now that from that time. Um, I've met people that have obviously kicked on and had a great career as well. Um, we had like one or two great seasons. Um, then uh, Marcus Bignot come in, who like revitalised the club. What the club is now wouldn't be what it is without him, how he changed the club and restructured everything off the scenes as well. You know, I remember the first year the club was going bust. Mm. Um, they, you know, they, they took a wage deduction off us at Christmas. Um, just to keep the gate, the doors open, really. So, you know, he, he changed the club, changed the identity of the club. Probably my first, like, month or so with him was probably the worst time I had there, but then we got over it and, you know, I, I loved it then. You know, still to this day, I think he's still the best manager I've played with. It's a big, to be fair, it's a big statement. And, and you know, obviously, if he's uh, you know, changing the identity of a team, it is going to have you know, teething issues early on. So yeah, you know, how yeah. important was it to, to pull together as a team during that period? Yeah, it was It was at a time where, you know, these academy coaches and stuff would come into non-league and we all wanted to play out from the back. And, you know, we wasn't used to that. We used to just hitting the big number nine. Um, and, it, it, you know, it got frustrating at times and, you know, players used to you know, clash heads with him and stuff like that. And it just, it's just a case of obviously trusting it and, understanding why he wants to do it and you, you look at it now and it just every team does it now it's mm. you know it's part and part of English football um, but it was just at the time in non-league where I remember when we played Gainsborough away and the pitch was absolutely disgraceful and <laughs> I remember the two centre-halves being on uh, the edge of my 18-yard box and they were both looking at me like I don't want you to pass me the ball here um, and I was just like, oh, I've got to do it. He's going to go mental if I don't do it. <laughs> and and obviously, you know, around that time, um, in 2013, you were named uh, non-league Asian Player of the Year. Yeah. You know, that in itself is a massive achievement to, to get any sort of recognition, particularly as a, a non-league player. But, you know, with the fact that 
you know, realistically, Asian players are even nowadays quite few and far between. You know, how big of an achievement is that? You know, at this point, looking back, you know, ten years ago now, looking back at that, how big of an achievement was it? Yeah, it's brilliant. Like you said, looking back, it's it's unbelievable at the time. You just think, you know, I didn't I didn't even think about it at that that stage of what what I was actually doing. And I remember going to see awards, and it was at Wembley as well. It was just a bit of a surreal kind of night, really. You just you, you think, you know, I'm only playing non-league at Solly or why why someone said that like why why have I won this award? And then. Yeah, it was class, really. It was it was a great experience for me. Like you said, you, you don't really appreciate it uh, until you look back at it, stuff like that. Um, and like you said, they are few and far be- between. And there's more and more coming into it, but not enough, really. Um, you see more in non-league now, but you know, in the actual leagues and the, the Premier League, it's it's very rare. So it's a bit strange, really. Because obviously, everything we've discussed up until this point, you know, the the county team the the Shrewsbury's the Sutton Coalfield the Kidderminster has you encountered and played with or against many Asian players or, or anything like that or was no, 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 that, that, again like you said that's that, it's crazy really um, I've, I've like I remember in Shrewsbury I was living in Shrewsbury I was probably the only Asian person in, in Shrewsbury in the town mm. obviously it's changed now but you know I used to be known as the goalkeeper because they just knew it was the only Indian bloke in the town. Did that make uh, it harder? Yeah. Did that make uh, it harder yeah. for you at that time? Yeah, you, you don't like you said. You growing up and then you started understanding. You know why? Why is there not more Asians playing football? And and uh, why? You know, sometimes I might it might have took it disheartening. You know, use that card. The fact that I didn't progress highly because you know the fact that I was Asian. But um, you know, I'd. The more I've grown up, the more I've realised it was just a case I wasn't good enough um, and maybe didn't get that luck with regards to timing of of a right performance or a right manager, really. And in regards to, you know, if you're looking at sort of today, um, you know, the representation of, of Asian players is obviously, you know, on the up. You know, locally around here, we, we have a, a team called Rising Stars that... Uh, yeah. Promotes Asian players. Mo, you know, Mo Patel does a great job there. You know, how does it compare today? You know, when you look at the non-league scene in particular, and you know, there are teams that do promote Asian players and, and are almost predominantly Asian players. You yeah. know, is that a massive step in the right direction here? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Like I've shared dressing room rooms with Asian players, uh, um, uh, and it just just shows that there is talent out there, and it's obviously. You know, because this, this game, there's so many people play this game. And there's obviously, if you go into the game, there's only a small percentage that actually make it to a certain standard, and, and that's what I think people don't realise when you know they say, "Oh, there's not enough Asian in the game." Well, if you you know get so many people playing the game, there's still a small percentage that are mm. going to make it. It's not necessarily if you're white, black, Indian, Chinese. Do you know what I mean? So. It's just a case that if you if you see in India, for instance, or Pakistan, or any of them Asian countries, their the players are there, but they're obviously playing in their at their, their their level and their 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 areas and stuff like that. And you know, following the the award, you know, that was 2013, 2014, saw you uh, join Gloucester City on loan 
which is obviously yeah. where you were introduced to, you know, Gloucester City fans, to, to ourselves. Yeah. You know, can you remember much about, you know, hearing that, that Gloucester wanted to take you on loan? What did you know about Gloucester beforehand? Um, to be honest, I didn't know much about them. Um, I, I, I remember playing against them a few times for Solihull, uh, and we always had a really bad record against Gloucester. Um, we they, they used to beat us up quite badly, to be fair. Uh, I think my last year, probably my second from last year at Solihull, um, they, I think they moved to Wadham Road. Um, so I remember them then. I always remember, oh, it's quite a nice ground, nice player, isn't it? <laughs> um, and then, obviously, I went back to Kidderminster. Didn't really get on with the manager. Didn't 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 get as much game time as I thought I would. Um, so I was just like, I need to get on loan. I'm, so, I'm used to playing now. I've had four seasons of playing. I need to play. Um, and then, you know, then, the option of going to Gloucester was was you know a chance. Um, I didn't know the goalkeeping situation at the time. I think it might have been Jamie Stevens in goal, um, or Paul White. It might have been one or the other. Mm. Um, and then Tim 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 Harris called me and and just said you know come down to Hartbury. Um, we're training uh, this time. Blah blah blah. We got goalie coach. Um, and yeah, you'll be in Saturday. I was like, yeah, right, I'm going. And what was your your first, you know, thoughts when you've turned up at Hartbury? You know, you've met the the lads. We all know the the side that that you join the, the characters in that changing. Yeah, what yeah. were your, what were your first sort of impressions? Um, obviously, it was just it was just being around men again. It was just men's football. It was lads that grafted and and obviously you know they enjoyed the laugh, but they 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 they, they wanted to win. Um, at the time, I don't think. You know, we were doing great in the league. Um, so, you know, I don't think they had the biggest budget anyway. Um, but the, the training facilities at Hartbury were incredible, really. Um, and I always remember Mark Richards saying something to me. I think my first training session, I've like pinged the ball out to the left back or something like that. And he's just gone, stop, stop, stop. He said, like, right, lads, we've got a goalkeeper that can actually play with their feet now. So just use him. OK, don't mind going back to him, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like... I was just like buzzing. He just stopped the whole session to give me a compliment. Is that the kind of thing you needed at that point? It, I wouldn't say I needed it because I knew obviously I could do it, but it was just a case of it probably bedding me into the lads quite a, a lot easier. Because um, you always, it's like anything, you, if you go to sign for a new team, you want to do something to to show the lads why you're there or show the lads why you're number one and stuff like that. And obviously when, when you're, you're playing for Gloucester City at Wadham Road, um, you know the Gloucester City fans uh, are there as well. You know they are uh, even back then during the the exile period of the club. You know would go up yeah. and down the country, even if it is just sometimes only a carload of them. You know what? How easy was it to connect with the fans early on? Yeah, they they were brilliant straight from the off. Um, I, like I said, I, I, I love my time there, and and the main reason is because the fans. Um, like I said, the, f- the first year and well, the, that month alone, we were struggling as a team, and and you know, no matter what, the fans were always there. They, 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 it was quite, it was quite a unique moment because obviously I was quite a bit older. I used to go into the bar after the games with the lads, um, and that was just part of their how they lived, how, how the lads lived really, and they would integrate with the fans. And it was, it, it was just they were honest, and that's probably the main thing. You know, they'll tell you if you had a bad game, but you know they're not idiots about it they'll just say you know better be better next week 
Um, and, that, and I think that's what the main thing is. They're just honest. Did that make it special, you know, coming to Gloucester and having that connection? Yeah, like I said, it helped with the lads. The, the, it was just such a great group of lads. Uh, I'm still friends with like some of them now, and you know, it, like for instance, Tim. Tim, um, obviously, I'm still speak to Tim a lot of the time. So, I, you know, I, I, it just shows how how good of a, a time I had there that that we still speak and and, and chat really. Because obviously, you had that short loan period and you yeah. then subsequently signed for Gloucester City now did you finish the loan and think Christ I want to go to Gloucester or you know were you looking at going back to Kidderminster and trying to get back in at Kidderminster and I was pretty adamant that I was going to leave um, I had a few offers on the table a bit more locally for me um, uh, and then you know Tim being the wheelie dealer that he is he, he, he offered me um a trip to, I think it might have been Benidorm or Magaluf, one or the other, with the, the lads at the end of the season, because they always used to go away. At the oh, end you of went season. on that tour, did you? The infamous no, Tim Harris no, tour. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't actually go on it, because I was a bit like, oh, I can't, <laughs> I can't let him put me a ticket and I don't sign. I imagine if I didn't sign, so I couldn't make my mind up at the time. Um, he did offer me it, and I was just like, right, he just wants me, and I, I love my time down there. I just wanted, you know, he said, I, I said to him, obviously, I don't want to struggle. I want to play in a team that's doing well. Um, and obviously, you know, you can't predict these things, but he signed the right players. And then I just signed again. I, I was I was so happy with my decision when I signed again as well. Um, I had a car school going down with me, so it, it was perfect. Who was in the car school with you? Uh, Matty Williams and Calvin Dinsley. So, not, not still, well. very, still very close friends of mine now. So I was going to say, you, you mentioned earlier about, you know, if you put a tweet out saying you believe in Tamworth, instinctively I was like, Tim Harris would be on the phone before you've even pressed tweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, He'd have yeah, like yeah. spidey senses that you're about to yeah, do something. He'd yeah. be on the blower. Yeah, 100%. He would, um, I'd probably call him, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, with, with your time at Gloucester, I mean, looking at here, you know, over 100 appearances in, in two seasons and in, in a month, um, it got to a point where... Gloucester were leaving Modern Road. They were going to be going to play at Evesham, but then they subsequently got moved into the National League South. Yeah. Um, was that ultimately the reason why you know you left Gloucester City? Yeah, hundred percent. Like we were in uh, Albufeira on tour. Um, the whole squad was there. It was brilliant. The chairman was there, uh, and then Tim just said to me, "He said oh, they've confirmed it. We're moving to the South." And I was like. It was just like kicking the teeth because I was I was happy I was I was playing great group of lads we were actually a very good team as well at the time I think we just missed out in the playoffs mm-hmm. that year um, and we were young so like the, the, they would only got better that group um, and he just said we we're going to the south and I was just like, I can't commit to that like it, it I was I was gutted um, I just did, like the the home games were were tough enough for me uh, driving down. Um, and obviously every away game they used to pick me up obviously living in Birmingham yeah. so it was alright but then home game being an hour and a half drive or hour or whatever and then every away game being an extra hour hour and hour so it was just not it was not, not liable for me because ultimately you know if Gloucester had stayed in the north it would have been even more ideal for you because you'd only been going well, to Evesham yeah yeah 100% um, and, uh, to be honest I think the deal was done with Tim um, if if we were staying in the north, so it was all done really. 
that is heartbreaking to hear that. that <laughs> yeah, yeah. That one decision, you know, where where Gloucester get moved to the south. I mean, they were only in there for what two seasons, I think it was. Yeah, in the end, yeah, it's crazy, really. It's crazy. It's just, it's just uh, funny uh, how that I sort do, of changes yeah, everything. Yeah. I do remember when they come back into the north. Really, it was a bit like a smad. Because ultimately, you know, after you you left Gloucester City, um, I've got here. So it was to Telford, I believe. Yeah, to Telford's um, bit of a strange situation there. Like um, Rob and Larry, um, very well known in non-league, were in the Midlands anyway. Were were, were trying to sign me for years, and actually said no to him to sign for Gloucester when they were at Hensford. Um, and I, I just could, they were a massive club and. Um, you know, after just a phone call, I just said, oh, yeah, I'm happy to sign. Obviously, I won't stay, but being, them being in the north, they're revamping the squad. And um, it was crazy, literally signed. Um, first day of pre-season, the Wolves take over the club. Uh, they sat the two managers and Rob Edwards gets the job. <laughs> it's kind of ironic, though, that, you know, the side that said no to you all those years ago suddenly then has a, a bearing, you know, on what you're doing because they're taking over the club. Yeah, yeah, it is crazy, really. Yeah, it's mad. Um, obviously, you know, Rob Edwards didn't make any of the signings, so he was stuck with this squad. Um, he had a bit of help from um, Gav Cohen, who was like his non-league, you know, person to go to. Who was obviously his manager at Brackley now. Um, but yeah, it was it was a bit of a strange situation. And and to be honest, I love Rob. I think he was brilliant. Um, I just think he just he just didn't understand non-league. Um, mm. He, you know, we had the Wolves factor behind us. He had a very lot of young lads, uh, and obviously, I was working at the time. He he did this hybrid thing that a lot of teams do now, um, where you'd obviously because we had the Wolves facilities, you'd get lads training on Mondays and Fridays at, at, in the middle of the day, and then obviously the part-time lads would train Tuesday and Thursday, which obviously he couldn't get his head round that the, the fact that lads would work would come first, which is understandable. He just obviously his whole life's been football but he was yeah. a brilliant coach he, he was hands on he just you know we, we had a young team and we started the season so well um, but then we just went on a horrific run um, and obviously you know my form wasn't great and I'd openly admit that um, but then uh, they brought in a lad from Huddersfield I think it was um, played against Salford he dropped me played him I think we lost 3-0 and then on the Tuesday we played York and I think he had an absolute stinker um, and I just said if I'm not going to play I'll, I had a low move lined up to Tamworth mm-hmm. weirdly enough at the time um, Andy Morrell was on to me and he just said they were struggling uh, I just said let me go and he was like no I need, I need you around the dressing room um, I need you like obviously after tonight I, I, I can't I can't just let you go because we might need you. So that was a frustrating thing. And then they let go of the lad from Huddersfield. Um, and they brought in Ben Wilson, who's obviously the Coventry City goalie now. Yeah. Um, he was, to be fair, great lad. Like, loved working with him. Great goalkeeper, great lad. Um, and obviously a really good goalkeeper as well. So I had no qualms about it. It was just, I just wanted to go out and play. Um, and Tamworth were, were keen and it just wouldn't happen for me. And, you know, obviously you're, you're still at Tamworth now. What's that been like for you? Uh, yeah, just enjoyed it. Obviously, the, the day was the year they got relegated. They, they obviously went out of the division. and 
couple of Dane was when I signed. Obviously, Tim had something to do with that when he first was at Tamworth. Yeah. He, he signed me again and um, was to get promoted. And I'll finally be doing it last year. But yeah, I've enjoyed it. It's obviously local to me. I'm getting to an age where, I, I, you know, stability is key. Um, and I just, I, I, you know, I enjoy playing there. Obviously, we've, we've had more success than, than failure, which is great. Um, obviously, we're doing well this year. So, yeah, long may it continue, really. And what's the expectations for Tamworth this season? Or, you know, have they changed considering the good start you've had? Uh, it's a bit of a strange one. Well, I was speaking to someone about this earlier, really. I think, you know, we've lost two on the bounce now and it, it seems doom and gloom around the place. But it's probably, you know, the best two performances of our season and, and we've lost, really. So it's a bit of a strange one. Um, I think a bit of normality would be nice. You know, a bit of a win-loss, win-draw, win-loss, you know. But for being so high of, you know, winning or keeping seven clean sheets or six clean sheets in a row and winning five of them to, you know, losing a couple is just a bit, you know, up and down. So just a bit of normality and some, some you know, some consistency um, with results and performances would be ideal and wherever that takes us, it takes us really. And have you got the 12th of March saved in your calendar? Uh, it's so strange. It's actually my birthday. Um, so it was weird. It actually... <laughs> The first date I look for is, I always look for where my birthday is. And weirdly enough, I'm playing Tuesday night away at Gloucester at the ground, which I've always wanted to play at time. And how excited are you for, for that occasion? Obviously, at the time of recording, it's, what, four months away? Yeah, um, yeah. Well, you know, hopefully must I have played touch wood, I'm fit <laughs> and, and informed. But yeah, it's, uh, I'm absolutely buzzing. Um, we tried to organise, I thought it was a Saturday originally, we tried to organise a, re- a reunion that day of all the boys, um, but it happens to be a Tuesday night, so it's absolutely killed our piss <laughs> up after. <laughs> and, and, and sort of bringing it towards a, a close, you know, what is, you know, the future looking like for, for Giles Beer Singh at this point? Um, just enjoy playing, really. I, like, I, I did a bit of coaching the other night with um, the, the assistant manager. I didn't really enjoy it. I knew I wouldn't enjoy it anyway, but... Um, I, I, you know, I'd like to say I'd, I'd stay in some some sort of football uh, if my mate took a job or anything like that. But I, I can't see myself coaching or anything like that. I'd, I'd, I just like the fact that I'm playing still and enjoying being around the lads and and just helping some of the young lads just like progress really. And then looking back at, at the career you've had, um, you know, we obviously mentioned you know a late starter into to structured football to you know move into different clubs you know is there anything that you would change looking back at it um obviously when you're younger you, you always have these like little regrets of obviously having more of a go here and stuff like you see people like Ronaldo in the gym every day and obviously enhancing their talents and it's probably that when I was younger it was just a case of of being more proactive with the time I had um and say if I went into full-time football again I'd hundred percent be, you know, your knowledge and uh, and and like um, understanding your body it'd just mm-hmm. be so much easier and so much better. But when you're a kid and you, you don't know any better, you just think, you know, this this is the norm. This is going to happen every day for the rest of my life. Well, we wish you all the best with you know this season with Tamworth and obviously future seasons in the game. Um, oh, I appreciate Jag- that. Thank you very much for, for joining us and it's been a pleasure to speak to you. What's up, man? Thank you for having me, mate. For the best sports coverage in the West, visit sevensport.co.uk.